Welcome to Hatching Creativity. This isn't just another behavioral health podcast. This is the place where thought leaders converge to talk about real life challenges, breakthroughs, and pivotal aha moments. Today, I get to speak with TJ Woodward. He's a clinician, advocate, author, and the founder of Conscious Recovery. In this clip, we talk about complex PTSD and some good ideas on ways to respond to people's reactions. Also, we discuss finding a therapist, how to choose an appropriate therapist and help therapists choose appropriate clients for themselves as well. If you like what you hear, please like, share, subscribe, and tell all your friends about Hatching Creativity. Thank you all for joining us today. I'm really excited for our guest, TJ Woodward from Conscious Recovery. I've been speaking with just a little while, but we've hit it off really well. And I think you've got a lot of good information to share. So TJ, I'm going to pass it to you for a brief introduction about who you are and what you do. Well, thank you. And I agree. I think we've had some really amazing conversations that have been energizing for me. Um, I've been working in the addiction treatment field since 2008, and my passion is really helping people reconnect with the, their own passion for this work and also helping people actually heal the underlying root causes that drive addiction. The two things that were really striking to me when I started working in the field, one is watching clients come back over and over and over again to treatment and hearing well-meaning therapists, counselors, coaches, and clinicians saying, what are you going to do differently? And I thought, well, what can we do differently as well? And my work, Conscious Recovery, the foundation of it is underneath all addictive behavior is an essential self that's whole and perfect. I see shame as one of the driving forces of addiction and simply said, shame doesn't heal shame. So I'm looking at how we can provide a different opportunity for people. I think the first thing I want to do with you is let's set a clear uh, distinction between guilt and shame. Yeah. I think that's a really important topic to hate on. Yeah. And it's important because guilt and shame are not only, they don't only show up differently, but how you actually heal them is really different. So simply said, guilt is, I believe I've done something wrong or I've done something wrong. Shame is, I believe that I am fundament fundamentally wrong or broken in some way. Guilt, you correct guilt behaviorally. That's why in recovery circles, there's an amends process. I make amends for the ways I've harmed others and, and myself included, and behaviorally that quote unquote fixes it. Shame is something really different because shame is something much deeper. It lives in secrecy and silence. So the way we work with shame is we actually bring it into the light, authenticity and vulnerability, creating a great connection. We talk a lot about attunement with our clients. So shame really needs a safe space to be brought into the light. And that's the way that gets healed. You know, TJ, I've been doing a lot of research on this lately myself as, you know, you don't get to be 45 years old and not have your own uh, issues and, and things to, to, to look into. And one of the things that I've been hearing a lot about is complex PTSD. And it's kind of a newer concept that a lot of people may not be aware of. Are, are you familiar with it? Have you done any research on that? I am. I am familiar with it. Yes, absolutely. And what are your thoughts? Maybe give a little explanation of what CPTSD is and uh, and kind of the difference between a complex PTSD and 
a standard PTSD that most people are more going to be more aware of? Well, I'm going to start with saying I'm going to be giving my own interpretation of it. So I'm not going to be giving like the classic definition of what the two are. But what I will say is that PTSD and many, as a matter of fact, most diagnoses, if you look at the DSM, or if you look at how we actually diagnose and treat, we tend to look at behaviors and symptoms, right? And so PTSD is a cluster of symptoms. Um, I think where for me, when I say it's complex, it's multi-layered, right? One of the one of the things that's fascinating to me is we can have two people that experience something that's the same in real time and have completely different outcomes. In other words, one person can be in a, an accident, a car accident. The other person can be in one and one has symptoms of PTSD and the other one does not. And the study that I read that I think was the most interesting showed something profoundly simple. And that is people who had more acute PTSD symptoms were people who had early childhood trauma. So it wasn't just going to war that was traumatic because of course it is traumatic, but the symptomology came out of not only what was happening, like let's say in the 21st century, but also what was happening when we were children. And the, the current traumatic event was actually triggering or activating the trauma that was unhealed from the past. So that's how I kind of frame it. And I know there's a lot of different layers to complex PTSD. You know, what's really interesting about that is as I started learning about CPTSD, it brought me back to the conversations that I've had with myself about other people and other people's reactions to certain conversations and certain things. Sometimes you'll talk to somebody and you'll go, damn, their reaction is really over the top for yeah. what just happened. Yeah. And you go, it doesn't make sense to me. But if you look at it through that lens of the CPTSD, you can also say, I've never walked in that person's shoes and I haven't experienced their lives. So their response is actually completely cohesive with their feelings and their experience in life. And we can't necessarily identify that or identify with that. You know, uh, an interesting situation that had happened was a, um, a sexually discriminating comment towards a woman coworker that somebody said to, to her and none of the men in the room could possibly comprehend that this was offensive to her. And every single woman gritted their teeth and made a fist. Mm. And it was so telling as to, oh, wait a second. I'm a white male. I can't possibly have the same understanding of whatever that situation was as a, a female who was in this situation. And sometimes looking at things that way can really help you understand other people better and connect with people better. 
and and actually create less division with, with other people too. Yeah, and that that's really one we could call that compassion too, right? Um, I, I what you're speaking to is actually at the core of my work and at the heart of my work because I love what Bessel van der Kolk says about trauma. He says trauma doesn't show up as a memory; it shows up as a reaction, and so the reaction is usually something that's for many of us buried deep in the unconscious or the subconscious, and a lot of mental health treatment and addiction treatment is focusing on what we can see, the behaviors. So the analogy I use, because I like simple, is if you plant a maple seed, you're going to grow a, a maple tree. Would it be unrealistic to plant a maple seed and hope for an elm tree? And in the same way, we look at the seed that represents what I call core false beliefs. And the reason I call them core false beliefs is I want to acknowledge and that don't there are uh, like lies that hear, we've picked up about like, ourselves. Share and this can happen in groups of people and creativity. it can happen in the individual. And usually what happens is we're walking around with one of these core false beliefs. One that's very popular, unfortunately, is I'm not worthy. If I believe I'm not worthy, it's not just a thought. It's actually this core belief that's buried very deep down in the unconscious. And I'm walking around vibrating with that. And I keep replicating that over and over and over again, not only because it's all I believe I'm worthy of, but it's literally not possible to do anything other than that because the core false belief is a vibration and it's attracted to that same vibration. And so the healing is actually getting down to the core false belief. Another way to say it is it's less about what happened and more about what we decided about ourselves as a result of what happened. And that is individual, right? One person can have an experience that can be very traumatic. They can have a very deep wound. I'm stupid. I'm not good enough. I'm unlovable. Someone else can have that experience and it meant nothing to them. That's why I'm not a massive fan of the uh, terms big T, little t trauma, because trauma really is to the end of, for the individual. What was the impact on me? And so the healing is not just in the behaviors, it's in where did this originate and how can we actually get down and heal that? Because it is possible. Wow, TJ. <laughs> You know, I saw your video on core false beliefs, and actually, that was one of the things that made me really excited to to talk with you. And it also is kind of like that law of attraction, right? We attract what we put out. And on a personal note, you know, for years and years and years, I've been in therapy dealing with all kinds of things, right? As we all are, right? And that's, and and um, one of the things that I've noticed is we were never able to get too far because we were attacking today and the symptoms today and maybe talking a little bit about before. But one of the things that was really helpful for me in my personal journey was writing an emotional journal mm -hmm. and understanding my feelings on whatever it was, because there's always some triggering event to those feelings, right? And And that has been really helpful in me understanding, although it does, it, it can be a bit more of an emotional ride than just going at what we're currently dealing with. But I found it to be really helpful for, for me personally too. Yeah. And, and you're really like, I have so much passion for what you're saying because um, therapy is a wonderful thing and talk therapy is a wonderful thing. And sometimes it can be limited if we're only working with what's happening today, or we go into narrative therapy where we learn where the patterns originated. 
personally, I did that for about a decade. I was in uh, therapy, I was in recovery, and I'm like, oh, I get it now. This happened, and therefore this happens, and that's why I react this way. But nothing really changed until I started working with this incredible therapist, and he was an engaged Buddhist. And I'm like, I don't know what that means, but I'm willing to to learn. And it was essentially... (laughs) It is still what's happening in real time, but it's how it's showing up in your body, right? Where is the reactivity that happens in the body? You know, we use the term, I love that you called it the triggering event rather than the trigger, because usually people say, my mom triggered me, my girlfriend triggered me, my boss triggered me. And that's where a lot of us stop. They shouldn't be doing that, right? But we want to be curious, not about what triggers us only, but what gets activated. The wound got touched and it's getting touched because it's wanting to heal. So we, yes, narrative therapy, yes, communication skills, yes, looking at the patterns. The deeper work is where did this originate? And how do I start to care for the younger self? Because usually it's a four-year-old, a five-year-old, a six-year-old me who made these major life decisions. My brain wasn't even developed enough to have a cognitive understanding. So the solution isn't cognitive only. We must get down to not only the emotions, as you said, which of course is the massive part of the work, but as also our core being and really getting down to the deeper um, experience when we decided all of this and how it's still locked in our body. You know, we, on our last conversation, we talked about kind of spirituality and, um, and, and, and beliefs. And I just find it really interesting that our conversation took a, this was not what we had planned on talking about today. And the conversation took a total left turn when this came up. And I think it's really exciting to talk to somebody who understands this and who can relate on on this level. And and I really appreciate that, TJ. Um, I'm also thinking, you know, this could be an ideal opportunity for somebody who's listening to this that may be looking to find their own therapist, maybe looking to find somebody who can help them overcome some of the trauma and some of their CPTSD that that they have. Do you have any recommendations for somebody looking for help? How do they find a therapist who can help them really get to the bottom of things? What would you say? Well, I think we all have a different maybe set of needs. There was a time in my um, evolution where I did need someone to work with the patterns and work with the communication skills. And then there was a time when I knew that I must go deeper. And so for me, what happened is being able to talk to this person, Ken, who became my therapist, the, 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 the focus that he had on engaged Buddhism, and I read a little bit about that, and it was really like being fully immersed and engaged in present moment experience, that to me resonated so much. And I, I'm thinking when my husband and I went to couples counseling, which was a, the best experience we could possibly do as a couple, I was really clear because I had worked in the field a while, which actually I knew which schools I wanted a therapist to have graduated from because I knew they were doing depth psychology. I knew they were doing spiritual psychology. They were doing this deeper work, not just looking at the patterns and the behaviors, but really getting down to the core of things. And to me, it's very spiritual. And that word is it, that word can be really loaded. So we could unpack that possibly. But for me, it was like, what do I truly desire? 
And I was at a point where I said, I'm really ready to do the deeper work of healing. So I, what's required is someone who's done their own. That could be a whole podcast in itself, but that's really my passion is helping clinicians do their own healing so they can be present with their clients. I love that. And we're, we are going to do one specifically on that because I think it's such a great concept. Um, you know, a lot, oftentimes people will go in and, and I have to gone into therapy. You know, you it's hard enough to find somebody that your insurance covers right. and somebody who's got time within the next, you know, 10 years to see you <laughs> and all of those things. Right. So once you find somebody, oftentimes you just take that first person because you just feel that you need to have somebody to talk to. But it is really important that you interview a therapist before Absolutely. making a decision. Even if you're going into treatment, they usually have multiple therapists. They've got different people that can treat you and different people that can work with you. A lot of times you can ask a, a clinical director for recommendations on, on who you can talk to or speak with, with them about different things. But it's really important that going in, that you advocate for yourself. It's the same thing as when you go to a doctor and you interview your doctor or anything else, you know, you're being able to advocate for yourself and have some idea of what you want. And if maybe you don't feel comfortable doing that, then having somebody with you who is a, not afraid to ask difficult questions. From, from your perspective, TJ, if as a therapist, how would you go about interviewing a client to see if you're a good, if, if they're the right fit for you? Well, I think the beauty of being a therapist or a counselor in private practice, for example, is that you really do get to decide what your passion and your calling is. Who do you want to work with? Uh, for example, I were, have worked really well with people who have a borderline personality disorder diagnosis, even though I'm not a big fan of the term because there are people who have usually severe attachment wounding early in life and they're presenting in a particular way. But what I loved about working with them was what I knew what they really required or desired is to be seen and to be heard and a deeper level of connection. And that's what I love. I love being able to be with someone and drop in and have a deep connection. Um, I'm thinking of a friend of mine who couldn't be the more opposite. He's a therapist and he likes to work with CEOs and he likes to be really directive. He's like, I like to tell really powerful people what they should do with their life, right? That could not be further than the truth from me. The beauty of being in private practice is we do get to decide what our specialty is and who we wanna work with. When we work in a treatment environment, it's a different thing, right? Because we get to work with a broad spectrum of people in a lot of different ways. I love what you said. Um, I've never heard anyone say that. When you go into treatment, you can actually choose the therapist in many cases. And most of the time they're assigned to you. And of course we call that agency, right? Having the agency to say, and you use the term empowered, I believe, empowering ourselves to make our own decisions for our own care. So I love that. Well, especially going into treatment, you're going into treatment to make a change in your life. This is the ideal time to make the first move to give yourself some of your power back, which Absolutely. is choosing who you want to help you. What is a good place that people can find you? tjwoodward.com is probably the best place. You can learn about conscious recovery as well as everything else I'm up to currently. Thank you so much for joining us. This was great. Thank you. It's been an honor. 
Thanks for tuning in to Hatching Creativity. We appreciate your support. Please don't forget to like and subscribe and tell all your friends about the show. And remember, it's never just about one thing.